But I want to start by just thanking the seniors, Josh, Tori, George, Dom, okay? Um, I appreciate everything you've done for this program, okay? How you've represented it, kind of, kind of young men you are. So number one, I want to just tip my hat to you guys, okay? I appreciate you, and I love you, and you always be part of this family. So, but I like your, I like your fight, I like your effort, and I like your togetherness. I thought, I thought if, if anything this year, through all of our ups, through all of our downs, you guys stuck together as a group. And so as a coach, that makes me feel good. And uh, hopefully you guys, uh, you four seniors, you know, friends with these guys for life, you young guys, a lot of lessons that we learned this year need to be applied to the future of your career and certainly the future of this basketball program. All right, because the future is bright. All right, uh, again, thank you seniors. Love you guys. Family on three. One, two, three, family. talked a lot of CU football in our recent two podcasts and now it's time to shift focus to Tad Boyle squad Adam Munster Tiger publisher of buffstampede.com here with fan correspondent Tyler Ziskin once again Buff Stampede Radio is brought to you by Everpillow from Infinite Moon it's ever customizable ever comfortable and everything you could want in a pillow they did their research and sourced the best natural materials for you for the right price oh and it's ridiculously comfortable when your new Everpillow arrives, it will come with a drawstring bag to store your extra fill so you can customize the loft and shape to give you the perfect spinal alignment. Why not customize your pillow and say goodnight to kink, necks, and morning aches and pains? Everpillow, made by us, perfected by you. Use GoBuffs in the cart to receive 10% off your next purchase. Go to infinitemoon.com, I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E, moon.com. Perfect spinal alignment. I can get down with that. Yeah, getting old, so gotta gotta do all the extra tricks. <laughs> Stay in shape. I wonder if Tad Boyle is back to 100 percent after his uh, late season injury there in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, we haven't heard anything about that. Did he actually tear his I, Achilles? No, he didn't. It was uh, just a calf strain. Oh wow, got lucky, huh? He got real lucky. The way he reacted because I had a ruptured Achilles. Yeah, I, know. I know. Usually when guys get that, they're based off their reaction. That sure as heck looked like a torn Achilles. So that I was super happy to hear that he didn't have to suffer through that. I would not wish that on my worst <laughs> yeah. enemy. Yeah, that was <laughs> tough, man. Tough injury breaks for the Buffs to close the season. Kind of, I guess, uh, made sense for the way their season went, though. A lot yeah. of injury issues. They finished 17-15. and 15. They were obviously the eighth seed in the Pac-12 tournament. Won a game, beat Arizona State in the Pac-12 tournament. That was a game or two better than your projection? Yeah, I had them at 16 and 16, 8 and 4 non conference, and uh, whatever that is. No, 15 and 15 regular season. That makes sense because they played two postseason games. Um, and I had them 7 and 11 in conference. So right, right in line with what I expected, but I will say they, they were better than I expected. I mean, obviously, to deal with the level of injuries they had, no starting t- uh, center, no backup center with Evan Batty, basically. Once he was ineligible as well, besides, you know, Dallas Walton, your lone big guy. Deleon Brown had a lot of injuries. Damon Wright had some injuries. McKinley Wright battled some injuries. So to exceed those expectations, despite all that, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised with this season for sure. What is your level of optimism? You, got, you see some people now picking this as potentially top 25 team. Yeah, that's a, little, that's a little much for me right now, to be honest. Um the pre people are I would they're just I wish people wouldn't do the preseason stuff because they didn't do any research they just like all right I saw McKinley Wright play once this year and he was really good and he's gonna be back so let's put him in the top twenty five 
there's not enough, okay, what are people bringing in? I mean, like, I haven't seen Washington mentioned at all for next year. They were better than us this year. They bring everybody back. They have a better class coming in than us. Like, it would surprise me, quite frankly, if Washington wasn't better than us next year. Um, if you just look at what they've got going on. Jalen Noel was every bit as impressive as McKinley Wright was this year. Obviously, Noah Dickerson coming back, too. Those are two of the better kids in the conference last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. I think that's a realistic goal. McKinley Wright's a special player. They have a lot of talent coming back, a lot of youth coming back. Um, their incoming kids, I think, can make an impact. But I, I think top 25, and if they're a top 25 team, McKinley Wright is going to be some kind of special this upcoming year. Troy Miller-Stewart recently decided that he's going to be a graduate transfer what was your reaction to that? He obviously could have helped this basketball right. team next year. Yeah, I mean, in terms of next year, it probably limits our abilities just a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it's good and bad in that him being hurt this year really helped develop Dallas Walton. And I think you have to feel pretty good about Dallas Walton. Dallas Walton is already as good as Tory Miller was. They do different things. Um, so you could have played them together a little bit. So that's a little disappointing, but... I mean, Torrey was a guy who's a banger. He's going to help you defensively block some shots, energy guy. But he also shot too much. I mean, so he had his flaws, too. Uh, I was a little surprised that he's... I thought he was either going to be done or back. So graduate transfer was a surprising decision for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it hurts you a little bit next year. But I think long-term, you can find some success with that scholarship. With the open scholarship, CU offers and lands Jacob Dumbeck. He's... About six nine and a half power forward from the Czech Republic, the second European that Bill Greer has helped the Buffs land in the last two years. This is a description a source gave me on Dom back. He said, "Skilled big, needs strength, but athletic and can shoot. Similar to Lucas Seward, but thinner and more athleticism. Has a motor and plays hard. He's older uh, for his class. He's going to turn 20 years old this July." Josh Gershon's got a whole breakdown of Dom back's game. If you want to check out buffstampede.com for more on his strengths and weaknesses, your general feelings on him? Who knows, to be honest. I mean, he's a guy that fits into what Tad wants. He's an energy guy, which is great. I mean, so he's similar to Seward maybe offensively, but defensively he's got a lot more length and athleticism. I think that helps um, mitigate some of the concerns when Seward's on the court. I mean, if he's not making shots, he's sometimes tough to keep out there. I think Don Beck can find other ways to be impactful, which matters. I don't if he's anywhere close to as good a shooter as Seward, that's great. I don't I don't know if I see that happening. Uh having a guy who's almost twenty that still needs to physically improve is concerning. Yeah. Everyone's a little bit different when that kind of maturity sets in. Uh so we'll see you there. You look at this team's performance last season on a neutral court and home court versus the road, it was obviously a stark difference. They're you know were they twelve and three in Boulder? I think in four and two on a neutral court, and then one and ten on the road. Mm -hmm. Of course, that one win is at Poly Pavilion, your first ever win there. Is that just youth, or do you have no. some concerns about that? Is no, it just college basketball in general? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is definitely college basketball in general. I talk about this on Twitter all the time. Now, one in ten is worse than most programs, so you need to improve there for sure. But you know, most bubble teams are winning three true road games a year, maybe four. So. It, they're not that far off. It's a young group. You know, they weren't as talented as they needed to be to win a lot of road games this year. Now, Washington State, that was a killer. Uh, the rest of them, though, I'm not overly 
upset with really uh, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how it improves I mean they're never offensively they struggle so it makes it tough a little bit sometimes on the road because you're playing the crowd too so I don't think they're ever going to be a great road team but I think that they can improve just with a little more experience moving along next year you talked about Washington, what they have coming back. Uh, obviously, we're, we're talking a lot about what CU brings back. Do you have any idea? Have you looked into how the rest of the Pac-12 is going to look? Um, yeah, I and mean, I think everybody's pretty high on Oregon right now. I, they were overrated this year, which I said preseason. I think they're a little bit overrated as well going into next season, especially now that Troy Brown left for the NBA. Um, they got two five-stars coming in. Manute Bowles' kid is coming there next year. So, I mean, they'll have some talent, and they definitely will have more a roster that fits more Dana Altman's success. They have those lanky bigs. Uh, when the, you know, they obviously had a ton of success with Chris Boucher and Jordan Bell. They have a little more of that next year um, with Manute Bowl's kid, Bowl Bowl, that's his name, coming in. And uh, their shot blocker, whose name is Escape, Kenny Wooten. So he'll be back, too. So they're going to have some of that defensive length that, you've seen success with in the past. Um, everybody else is pretty up in the air. I mean, Arizona, I think, still has no commits, right? They got, obviously, a lot of guys leaving for the NBA. I mean, they might have no players. be kind of interesting They'll to see. They'll figure it out. They always do. They're running out of time. There's not that many available guys left. So, who knows? But um, USC, who knows how that's going to play out. There's some kids graduating there. They don't have... The depth they've had of years past. I think UCLA will probably be pretty good. We know this. The Pac-12 is not going to be any worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably They made just $5.1 off the NCAA tournament. The ACC, Big 12, SEC, Big East, and Big 10 all made over $20 million. Even the American, Atlantic 10, Missouri Valley, and Mountain West conferences made more than the Pac-12. Between the bowl performance in football and the NCAA tournament, it's pretty embarrassing. It's probably the worst single Power 5 league performance ever. I think that's probably fair to say. And you've always got the direct TV cloud hanging over the conference. It just doesn't feel good right now for, for the Pac-12 in general. Yeah. Which of the following players have the biggest room for improvement in your mind going forward, Tyler? McKinley Wright, Tyler Bay, or Dallas Walton? Those are the three guys that have you most optimistic about the future. The most room for improvement is probably Tyler Bay. I still think he's the best NBA prospect on the team. And I know I think people will call me crazy because obviously McKinley Wright's a better player, especially right now. But to me, he he had so many flashes of impactfulness. And it just for, for Dallas, there's so many limitations on what a big man can do in college. His ceiling, I think, is a little bit lowered. I think Tyler Bay has a chance to be very, very special on both ends of the floor. It almost is a good thing that he didn't figure it all out because you don't want to get in a position where you're sending guys really. I mean, for him, it would be great. I'm not wishing bad things on Tyler Bay, but I think his potential is off the charts. And ahead, he's played off off the charts potential. You're already starting to talk about him as an NBA guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people are going to say, well, how do you get to that point? You hit. You have to stand next to him, really. I mean, to see just he's a big kid with a lot of length. He was a really silky as a mid-range jumper. I mean, he's already so much far farther along than Andre was as a freshman offensively. Now, Andre was, of course, very special defensively, and Tyler's not anywhere close to that yet. But he has a lot of talent on that end, too. 
there's just so much you can do with a guy who's built like that at the next level. And the NBA loves their 3 and Ds. And he probably ne- he might not ever get that three aspect, but there's a lot of lengthy defenders in the NBA. There's a home for guys like that. And you look at, I mean, even Andre, who still can't make a free throw to this day, is making, I mean, I think his contract is $12 million a year. And you can get paid a lot of money to be a great defender and a lengthy guy in the NBA. I think it's pretty safe to say those three guys are going to start next season, right? Barring yeah, anything yeah. crazy? Yeah, I mean, assuming they're all healthy for sure. So who starts alongside those two guys? Uh, probably Naimon. If I had to guess, and man, it would be probably between Batty and Dell. And Lucas Seward would be in there? Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Seward. It does seem like they like bringing him off the they bench. They do, and he's he's tough to play with Dallas because they kind of have similar skill sets and defensively that's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some games probably where maybe he even starts at the five as a matchup. But, yeah, talent-wise, yeah, he's definitely upright up there. I just think in terms of balance of the roster, he's probably going to be a guy that comes in off the bench more so. Based off the way Deshaun Schwartz shot the ball in the second half of the season, I actually think I would almost prefer him over Naaman Wright in that starting lineup. Yeah, Naaman was hurt, so I still think he has – defensively, he's really solid. Um, So I I like him there. That's kind of why I mentioned Dell as as well. You want someone – Lanky and a little more guard play behind him. Deshaun, um, it, I like him a lot and think he's going to be a special player. I think he can score 10 points a game for this team pretty soon. I love the way he shoots the ball. People talk about Lazar Nikolic being a point forward. Um, I would love to see Deshaun Schwartz play that role a lot more than he does now. Uh, he's very smart with the ball, gets into the paint, good passer, uses his length and size well. He's not a explosive athlete by any stretch uh, but he's very patient and I think that if you get McKinley right in in a situation where he's in foul trouble or you need another ball handler I'd like to see Deshaun Swartz fill in fill into that role as well this is the second season in a row where Lucas Seward really made that late season jump and kind of took it to a next level is his ceiling what he was late in the season uh, I mean, he can still I mean, get the, a little bit more of a post-game, right? Yeah, consistently, I guess. If he does that for an entire season, that's probably his ceiling, yeah. I mean, he can be a guy who scores 10 to 12 points a game, four or five rebounds. Um, he's even serviceable defensively for a good stretch of that. It's all with confidence with him. I mean, he's been so frustrating. I was so high on him coming in. And really all I've ever asked him to do is just shoot it. Because if he doesn't, he doesn't do a whole lot else to help you win because his confidence is so tied into whether or not he's making shots. And if he doesn't even shoot them, guess what? They're not going to go in. So to me, he's he's got to shoot the ball. And even if it doesn't go in, okay, fine. Everybody misses shots occasionally. But he's on the floor to space the floor, create space for other guys. And you have to keep him as a weapon. And, I mean, he shot over 50% from three for almost all of Pac-12 conference play. So he's you know he can be a guy that really changes your program. Um, in terms of what you're able to do matchup-wise. And I just hope he continues to shoot with confidence because it works out really well for him. We haven't talked enough about McKinley, right? And actually that segues us into some mailbag questions here that we held over from our football mailbag show. Dangerous asked, very early, but is McKinley Wright an NBA caliber player or a stud college player who will have a great career as a buff but doesn't have the size to entice the league? I mean, honestly, I hope he, obviously, I want him to make the league, right? But he, it's going to be tough 
for him to get there. And the problem is the longer it takes, the less likely you are to go, which is, you know, so it's almost, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get so good next year that he's gone, it's probably going to be senior year for him. We'll see how, I mean, he's got his shot has to improve. I think that's the one thing that's, I mean, if he was a good three-point shooter, he probably would have been gone already because you were able to space the floor. At his size, it's tough to not be a shooter in the NBA. He's a very special player, and I feel bad for him that he's six foot because if he was 6'3", he could be really good. I think he's going to be here all four years. I think that's great great luck for the program. Um, it's a bummer for him because he's a special kid who, you know, if you, he's one of those guys, if you gave him a chance at the NBA level, he probably would find a way to fill in a nice backup role um, off the bench, you know, bulldog type guy. But I don't see him getting that chance early. Worst case scenario, he's going to make a boatload of money over in Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got plenty of money ahead of him in his future. He's, he's so good. I, I said early on last year, I think he's going to be an All-American. And I would still say that. In your time... Watching, following, being a fan of the CU basketball program, is there anyone that you enjoyed watching more than McKinley Wright? Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie would definitely okay. be right in that fold for me. But, yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> – we're so lucky to have him. I don't think people realize, like, how special of a kid he is on both ends of the floor and leadership quality for a kid coming in as the last really thought for this recruiting class. You walked in as the best player on the team. Pretty unbelievable story. Alec Burks was really, really fun to watch, but you never got the sense like he's not the leader that McKinley Wright is. As long as McKinley Wright's around, you're not really worried about your locker room. Yeah, in terms of basketball skills, he was definitely a special player to watch, but he he doesn't have that outgoing passion that McKinley does, so you don't feel as much of a connection, Mm -hmm. or at least I didn't feel as much of a personal connection to his game as I do with McKinley's. I like to use the word bulldog with him. Oh, yeah, dude, it's, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. He's, I mean, I've, I said he reminds me of Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry's 6'3". That's really the only difference between their games. P.A. Buff asked, what do we know about this coming year's out-of-conference schedule other than the Hawaii tournament? Any featured games against natu- nationally recognized opponents? I believe is, this is the time when Tad Boyle is getting that all together right now. Right. I, don't, I mean, I hope so. I do feel like the schedule missed that big home game that we always seem to find a way to get, that Xavier, that Kansas, that non-conference big opponent. We didn't have that on last year's schedule. Uh, I hope they find a way to do that. Now, the tournament obviously being moved last year because of weather was a bummer, too. You don't get to do that cool location and everything. But this year they'll have that. It looks like a little bit of a stronger field than last year's was. Uh, Obviously, Houston ended up being in the tournament and a pretty good team from that field, but we didn't play them, and they actually lost in the first round. So didn't really play out the way we were hoping for. But, yeah, I, I hope they go with a maybe a game or two more difficult on the schedule. They actually had a decent strength of schedule last year, but um, it would be nice to see them. I, th- I think they have the talent this year to try to match up with some of those teams a little bit more. Jurors asked, do you expect any other attrition besides Tory Miller-Stewart moving on? So at this point, the only thing you could point to as good attrition would be if Alexander Strating moved on. Yeah, and I saw people mention Del Brown. I mean, before he got no, hurt. No, 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 no. Before he got hurt, he was playing really well. He's a glue guy. Uh, you want him. Yeah, he's their, probably their best defender. 
I would be very disappointed if he left because I feel like the light really was turning on for him. Uh, somebody else was mentioned, Deshaun Schwartz, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, he's no, a guy who's no, going to no. start for two years he, in Colorado. He's probably going to be your, uh, I mean, aside from maybe Seward, he might be your best shooter next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would be very, very shocked to see either of those two guys go. Yeah, Strotting, I mean, I'm not going to wish a kid leaves a program. That's probably not fair, but we could use that scholarship more efficiently for sure. Noho Buff at 05 asked, how do Dalen Kuntz and Elijah Parquet fit into next year's roster? We need guards. I think people are like, oh, we have McKinley, right? We don't need anybody else. So that's not how it works. you got to have more than one ball handler. You're not relying on both those guys, though, this year. No, I don't think you're relying on either, probably. But you need a backup guy who can bring the ball up the floor. I think Dalen Kutz is a lot better than people think, um, or at least I've given him credit for. He's an explosive athlete. He, he kind of reminds me a bit of if you put Dell with a skia booker and you made him one person. That's who Dalen Kuntz is. an interesting mix. I know, it is. That's who Dalen Kuntz is to me right now. Feisty kid, can attack the rim, explosive athlete. More And, uh, you know, Dell's a sneaky good athlete too, but a lot of that is his length. Kuntz is longer than Ski. So, I don't know. If you put those two together, that's kind of what I see from him. I don't think he'll have the immediate impact Ski did as a scorer, for sure. But uh, they're both undersized, which is a little tough because McKinley is also undersized and you're going to have to play next to him. But... They fit into what we try to do as a program. Lengthier guys, lefty, you know, Tad loves his lefties, so um, you'll, you'll get that in there as well. I think they're both a little bit underrated right now, honestly. People don't know much about them. Parquet's big deal is that he missed a big portion of his junior year with a mm-hmm. shoulder injury, and kind of one of those things where he pops on the radar in July, and you know, those top-tier programs have already kind of identified a lot of their guys by that point. Mm-hmm. That's where, you know, Tad will... You know, they kind of benefited from being a late arrival in terms of evaluating him. Evan Batty was the recipient of the Student Athlete Achievement Award. He had a 3.4 GPA. Not bad for a guy that was told you can't play basketball this year because uh, of your academics in high school. As a 14-year-old. As a, yeah, as a freshman. Good job, NCAA. Proud <laughs> of you. Yeah, what are your expectations? Assuming that he's healthy next year? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is... I mean, that's quite a scare for a kid at his age, you know. I, I, I'm really concerned about his long-term health more than anything. I mean, if he's healthy... Sounds like he's going to be okay. Yeah, if he's healthy and can get on the floor, he's very talented and will play for this team a lot uh, and will be pretty good. And he's a mismatch everywhere because people aren't built like him and play like him. He's very unique to basketball. Uh, so he would be huge for what this team can do, assuming he's good to go. George King was the uh, he earned team MVP honors in the All Star game out in San Antonio last weekend. He's set to compete in the Portsmouth Invitational tournament. Is there any chance, outside chance, that he gets drafted? None. No. He's he's twenty four. You know, I mean, that's NBA. That just doesn't happen. I mean, he's a good player. If he if he was twenty one, there would be a chance for sure. But he's just he's so much older than everybody else that's coming out. The NBA likes loves their projects. George is a project, but he's five years older than all those projects. That would be a, a tough sell, I think, for a scout. I think that's the only thing that's really going to hold him back because athletically he's certainly there. He's a good rebounder. NBA teams love that kind of stuff. He can shoot the three. Uh, but his development is so far along compared to some of these younger guys. I just don't see 
especially when in the NBA, the second round is usually a stash pick. There are so few guys actually drafted to play in the NBA every year. I don't see someone taking a chance on George. I could see him doing really well at the Portsmouth, though. Couldn't you? I mean, he seems like the type of guy, if he doesn't have a ton of pressure on him and he can kind of do his thing, that's when he kind of excels like we saw in that All-Star mm-hmm. game. Daylon Kuntz and Elijah Parquet both had impressive senior season in the eyes of the Buffalo staff. Um, I've been teasing this for a little while, but we're going to have features on both those guys recapping their senior season. I uh, did a feature on a 2019 Los Angeles area guard that's high on the buff. So go to buffstampede.com for all of your basketball recruiting news there. What do you think, looking ahead to recruiting next year, have you kind of projected what the, the keys are going to be there? Well, I think you, you probably want another big because we don't have one coming in really unless you count the stretch, the new the new Czech feller. Hopefully he's as good as Jakob Pertl. What do you think? I've seen something like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I think that I think you would like to see a bruiser. We don't really have one on the roster now, uh, unless you count Batty, but that's not really his name either. He's a little more finesse, good passer. You'd like to see that. You always want to see another point guard. You should have a point guard in pretty much every class. Well, I think they're and, they're only going to have what one scholarship right now. Naaman Wright's your only senior. Yeah, that's and true. He's a, he's a wing. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I guess he is the only senior. I mean, you're going to, I guess you're basically going to go best available. I'd like to see, they need a shooter in some form or fashion. Yeah, I mean, they only have one scholarship now. I guess usually, though, it's, it's. I mean, it's. when was the last time we didn't have a transfer? There's always been a little bit of a, seemingly one piece of attrition yeah. every year. So you're probably going to get a second. I guess I would see, you need, between a point guard, a shooter, and a bruiser, you got to fill two of those spots. Anything else uh, we haven't touched on with men's basketball? No, I don't think so. And it was a fun year. Villanova, special, man. They were fun to watch. It's a good group. That's what gives you hope, right, with all the yeah. BS that's going on in college basketball? We talk about it all the time. You can have, you're, we're not getting one and dunce, so you've got to go the Villanova approach. you got to have those three- and four-year guys. I mean, Jalen Brunson's and, I mean, even Macal Bridges was – he was highly recruited but not outrageously so. Omari Spellman, a lot of three stars on that team. You know, you 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 get those guys in the program long term. You, you have, have that your, kind of success. You have your free balling podcast that, and you have the betting show on there. Yep. It sounds like you guys did pretty well. Yeah, dude. Worked the last two years have been really nice for the basketball futures. So the that's kind of my bread and butter. That's I I feel like I just see value there early because the bookies can't look at every team nine months in advance they have they have to get those numbers out yeah. so you have to try to catch that stuff when it's good um i mean even cu is 550 to one next year that's a huge number for a team that you would be shocked if they don't at least make the nit and if they get into the tournament i mean that's hedge city baby <laughs> you got a lot of room to work with there so uh, yeah, we have five early futures moving forward. Tennessee, who brings their entire team back, is 50-1, to 1, which is absolutely outrageous. So I hit it on that one, too. I would recommend that. It's a fun follow. It's I mean, it's a long system, and it's six months' worth of work. you got to be real patient yeah. with those bets. Yeah, but usually the math works itself out, and once you see those teams in the tournament and they're playing each other and the values, it, it gets pretty fun. It makes I mean, the tournament is already enjoyable. But that whole process to me is a lot of fun too. So, yeah, follow along. We had a tough football year. So, hopefully, we bounce back this upcoming year. But a really good basketball year, which I guess isn't surprising because that's kind of where 
my heart lies. All right. Hope you enjoyed this basketball only show, which was brought to you by Everpillow from Infinite Moon. It's ever customizable, ever comfortable, and everything you would want in a pillow. They did their research and sourced the best natural materials for you for the best price. Oh, and it's ridiculously comfortable. When your new Everpillow arrives, it will come with a drawstring bag to store your extra fill so you can customize the loft and shape to give you the perfect spinal alignment. Why not customize your pillow and say goodnight to kinked necks and morning aches and pains? Everpillow, made by us, perfected by you. Use GoBuffs in the cart to receive 10% off your next purchase. Go to InfiniteMoon.com. All right, we'll be back before too long. Hopefully not quite as long a break as we had last time. That was, a, our next that was a good day at podcasting, though. That's, that was the longest one I think we've done ever between the three, so that's great. Got to admit I'm and sick of hearing myself talk at this point. <laughs> nah, never. Yeah, but, yeah, it was fun. Glad to be back. Um, now that the summer is here, we don't have as much to talk about sports-wise. But I'm finally free, so we can. So let's do it. You know what's next? Summer camp. Good stuff. Well, that too, but... The top of countdown. Oh, we got to get into that. Yeah. Do we do that in the summer or is it August? I feel like it's August. We're going to start it very soon. We are. Yeah. If we can, if we can work that into your schedule. Oh yeah, no, we can for sure. I'll get it ready. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks for tuning into this podcast, and hopefully, you caught our other two podcasts as well. Signing off.